0: Warning, the following podcast contains mature content such as naughty language and sexual themes. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Um, I know I'm supposed to do an intro for this episode, and I know maybe 20 seconds ago I said that I would just figure it out as I went, but I haven't figured it out. No more than Stephanie Meyer actually figured out any of these books before she started writing them. Because unfortunately, it's 2020 and we're reading New Moon. My name is Sarah. It is the East.
0: (laughs) And Juliet is the Sun. (laughs) I'm in.
1: The... Uh, We'll get to it, but the Romeo and Juliet shit in this section had me absolutely livid while I was reading it. I was about to scream.
0: Look. Look. I was Romeo.
1: (laughs) Yes, you were. Should we talk about it?
0: (laughs) I played Romeo. Yes. Romeo's a piece of shit.
1: I stage-managed Romeo.
0: I consciously played a character that is... The protagonist, knowing that that character was a piece of shit.
1: Did you know that going in? Yes. Okay, I'm, I'm glad you didn't have to have a revelation about it. Romeo
0: has nothing on Edward.
1: <laughs> You're right. At least Romeo was an actual 17-year-old and not a 100-year-old 17-year-old.
0: Romeo at least has the excuse of still being a fucking stupid 17-year-old. Yeah, old.
1: like, he is actually 17. He has not lived for a century to have any... Which, this further proves my point that Edward is... has not, not aged.
0: He's not Romeo, either. He,
1: he is not Romeo. We,
0: we talked about it at the end... Was it the end of the first book where I said... Or maybe it was the beginning of this one where I was like, I'm getting Jul- Romeo and Juliet vibes, but really it's just that... Uh,
1: I mean they talked about Bella romeo and juliet is... in the beginning of this book because they watched it remember yeah. and they talked about killing each other not killing each other killing themselves killing them for themselves each other. for each other which is horrendous by the way i we t- i think we mentioned this at the beginning of the book as well um i being married love my husband so much and the thought of having to live without him is so incredibly painful but I still wouldn't just kill myself.
0: Nobody with poor mental health should read this book.
1: No, absolutely not. Granted, Bella still didn't try to kill herself. Like,
0: oh, well, well,
1: though, she was the one who was against it in the beginning. I remember the conversation where she was like, well, if something happened to you, would you want me to just go off myself? And he was like, absolutely not. Because Bella is actually somehow the smarter one in this situation. For once. For once. She actually had a decent thought. But after that, in chapter 15, she did not because she jumped off a cliff. And unfortunately, she did not just drown the way she wanted to. Because at the beginning of chapter 16, Jacob rescues Bella from drowning and takes her back to his house. Along the way, he tells her that Harry Clearwater had a heart attack and he might not make it. Bella and Jacob take a nap. And Bella has an odd dream.
0: That was that was real smooth. Thank you. That was a good transition. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Bella's dreams.
1: Fuck Bella's dreams. She's so goddamn... I hate... I absolutely hate the way that Stephanie Meyer has tried to incorporate these mystical dreams into the books because they just don't make any sense.
0: I... I use them in my book. Oh, yeah. I use dreams. Of
1: course. That's, I mean, uh, m- many authors do.
0: But there's actually a point, and there's a reason that they happen.
1: Yeah, and, and <laughs> there's there's a reason that they happen, but also it's not like your characters have mystical powers that nobody ever acknowledges.
0: No, they have <laughs> mystical powers that very much get acknowledged. <laughs>
1: Yeah, because that's what you do when a character has frequent clairvoyant dreams.
0: Every time I read one of the dream sections, I'm just like, "God damn it, no!" Yeah, no, it's so stupid. Stop it! It makes me feel bad for using it, even though I know it's fine.
1: It's like so. I have a lot of I have rampant dreams pretty much all the time. Almost every single night, I have a crazy dream, um, and specifically, I do experience sleep paralysis quite a bit. And my recurring dream right now, and I think I've told you this the one about the owl. No. Okay, so I often have, God, this is horrifying, but I have a dream where I wake up and I look out my window, and you know how our bedroom is set up with the bed right against the wall, and there's the big window on my side, which is against the wall. And I often dream because we have our blinds up a little bit, so our our cat can see outside that there's an owl right outside the window and it stares at me and then it comes in through the window it doesn't like open it or anything it's dream logic so it just comes into the window and then it crawls up and it sits on my chest and then it reaches out with one of its claws and it says we have your grandparents and (laughs) then
0: Okay. okay, have you so, ever watched Close Encounters of the Third Kind? Yes, I have. Okay, so you know the connection between owls and yes. alien abductions. Yes, I do.
1: And I was really nervous about that. So for if, in case anyone doesn't know and is really confused, all of my grandparents are dead. So there's like the the concept that an alien owl could arrive.
0: That's even better because some people are like aliens or demons or angels. Yeah. So the, the demons and angels
1: have your grandparents. Yeah, it's really... Um, I, I'm glad you're laughing, because it's traumatizing for me to experience. Um, it doesn't always say, we have your grandparents, but it does always, like, touch my face with its claw. It's...
0: Like, I would be horrified if it happened. It's just the fact that it... It's the, we have your grandparents part. Yeah. It really is just, like...
1: Yeah, it's really troubling. But, like, the thing is, like... I have not yet found a way to mystically apply that to my life. Because who has my grandparents? God? Is that you? Is God an owl? Who you comes like to You like birds! I do love-, love birds! I, I love birds. I have birds tattooed on me because I love them so much. But, like, this bird does not seem like it wants to do me any good. It's not a frog. It's- No. <laughs> no. <laughs> but anyway, uh, to relate that back to Twilight, um... I have not yet found a way to um, incorporate any of that into my life, nor has it enlightened me in any way. Nor have any of the other sleep paralysis dreams that I've ever had enlightened me in any way. But my sleep paralysis demon is currently an owl. It used to switch up a lot, but right now it's just the owl. (laughs)
0: Mine's just my traumatizing anxiety. No.
1: <laughs> see, Brandon's is somehow even more horrifying because when Brandon has sleep paralysis, he says that he feels like there is someone in the living room and he is terrified of them coming into the bedroom. That's like, really that's his hallucination. Odd
0: in specific.
1: Yeah, so he doesn't even see anything, but he can feel that someone is in here. And I think our apartment is haunted because we didn't have, like, any sleep paralysis at the house that we used to live in well we did when we lived in the apartment with you guys.
0: Well, I came back when you guys before you guys moved. So maybe it's just me being in
1: Texas. <laughs> My sleep paralysis demon is M living in Texas. The owl <laughs> The Owl is just you. <laughs> just
0: you. I have your grandparents. <laughs>
1: I know that no one can see that But you just reached out with one finger Acted like you were going to touch my face with it
0: You're just going to come to my house at some point I'm just going to have pictures of your grandparents in my room
1: Joanne (laughs) Peggy Paul Jim I'm just going to keep naming grandparents Why do you just have have a
0: basket of knitting (laughs) wear?
1: None of my grandparents knitted
0: it's fine. It's a grandparent thing.
1: It's... My grandmother on my mom's side and my dad's side were both gardeners. That was their grandma thing.
0: Holy hell, we got off track.
1: I know, but they could, they'll they enjoy it. I assure you. The dream conversation is important because Bella's dreams are stupid and my dreams are good. Well not good I think
0: we had a tangent About dreams last time too (laughs) Oh we did Because we talked about Nightmares last time Because of the stupid Fucking woods nightmares Oh yeah
1: That she has That are so dumb And not scary whatsoever I mean in theory Uh... They are scary But like I have like I don't know I don't want to talk anymore About my nightmares Because they they keep me up At night (laughs) Just thinking about them Just like worried The thing is Like if I stopped If I was able to stop Thinking about them I probably would stop Having them but like I think about them so much that they're in my head
0: And they just keep coming back And then
1: they just keep co- just like the owl Oh my god <laughs> just keeps coming back
0: Sometimes when I get like, when I get really bad for me I have trouble sleeping at all because I'm scared of go- going back to sleep You're
1: scared of the inside of your own eyelids at that point It's
0: terrifying
1: I don't know how Bella manages to sleep with all of these fucking nights She says she has these nightmares every single night But somehow she still sleeps every night I couldn't do it. I've had this sleep paralysis dream of the owl maybe six times over the past, like, two months, and I still am, like, a little nervous to go to sleep at night. But anyway, so in the next scene, after Bella has her stupid dream, which involves Romeo and Juliet, uh, she wakes up and she thinks about Romeo and Juliet and considers Paris' role in the play, and whether Juliet could have been happy with Paris if Romeo had left her and she'd become close with him, she also decides that she needs to stop being so reckless because if she gets seriously hurt, it would affect Charlie. Em has I'm laid glad her head down. It
0: took her <laughs> sixteen fucking chapters <laughs> and somebody being hospitalized for a fucking heart attack to realize, hey, maybe. If I keep doing really stupid, dangerous shit that could get me killed, it would impact people's lives poorly when I
1: die. It's so absolutely insane that she has all of these revelations right now, and it made me angry reading it. Oh, by the way, going into this episode, I'm around a 6.7 on the anger scale because I'm so... Like, we had Jacob being lovely in these chapters, but I'm so fucking fed up with Bella and her stupid bullshit. I'm so
0: fucking done. I just live my life. The past few months of my life, I've just been living in a constant state of being fucking fed up with Bella.
1: <laughs> it's absolutely... I don't know how we're going to get through the next two books, because we're almost at the end of... We and I. This is a serious thought that I had the other day, because we're almost at the end of New Moon, which I said before is my favorite of these books.
0: There's two more.
1: Yes. And we're going to have to get into Eclipse. And then Breaking Dawn. And Breaking Dawn, I feel like I'll be able to laugh my way through because it's an absolute train wreck. But Eclipse is going to make me insane. We were talking earlier about that YouTuber casually talking about having a heart attack at age 21 or whatever. That's going to be us as we go through Eclipse. I'm just going to explode.
0: I I had a mental breakdown. <laughs> When trying to work a full-time job and go to school full-time and had to get mental help. (laughs) Haven't we all? This is going to probably be worse.
1: It's so... <laughs> like it's grating to read because she just like so I, I actually have a quote here. I, I took notes. Again, I'm I think I think at this point it's not even surprising that I'm taking notes because I've been doing it the past few weeks and so now it's like I just take notes. I am someone who takes notes now, rather than just <laughs> reading the book and then you say things to me and then I respond. Um but I quoted My least favorite line from this book so far is, quote, Juliet gets dumped and ends up with Paris would have never been a hit. In my note, I said, this is a slap in the face to Smyers fans. She's implying that an ending to this series in which Edward leaves Bella and Bella finds happiness with Jacob wouldn't be as good as Bella ending up with Edward.
0: I literally read that. And I was just like... Did you really just call yourself out on that one and then try to... Just...
1: It's like she broke the fourth wall. Uh, no. It's like she's saying that to us. And I'm okay
0: with the fourth wall being yes. broken if it's done in a way... I don't even want to say it If it doesn't make me angry when it happens. It can be stupid. It just can't make me angry. Well, I
1: think we talked about Maximum Ride being a book series um, that's told all from the main character Max's perspective, and she refers to it as something that she's writing. At the beginning, she does. She doesn't really do that throughout, but there's a couple times where she'll be like, and I'm telling you, like, as though she's talking to you. But you know that this is something that she's writing for you. She's not breaking the fourth wall for the sake of doing it or she's not and she's not doing it in a way that's like Stupid and annoying and basically saying, fuck you and whatever you wanted this book yeah, Especially to be.
0: since this book was supposed to be, like, a fix for the whole Jacob situation from book one, wasn't it? And, and then she's well, just no, like... Well, no,
1: Eclipse is, is trying to fix the fact that everybody was pointing out that Jacob was better for Bella. Oh, okay. And so we'll have a Eclipse whole tangent on that this. one. Yeah, because... This is how... that's That whole conversation is how this podcast started. Because we sat in my living room and I bitched to you about the way that Jacob is characterized in Eclipse. And I said that she literally destroyed Jacob because she wanted Edward to be the better love interest. And for it to make sense for Bella to be with Edward rather than being with Jacob.
0: She destroyed Jacob's character the same way that Sam Uli destroyed his fiance's face.
1: Yuli! Yuli, Sam Uli!
0: Every time I say it, I think I'm saying it right, and that I'm getting the correct pronunciation this time, and then every time it's the wrong one.
1: Cuz every time it's the same one you did last I know, time. And every time I think it's the right one this time. But yes. Yes. Uh, She destroyed Jacob's character the way Sam destroyed Emily's face, which is really fucked up to say, (laughs) but it's true. Um, But so that line in and of itself, that's not even Bella talking to herself. That is Stephanie Meyer talking to us and saying, if you wanted this to end with Bella managing to get over herself and find happiness elsewhere, you're wrong.
0: Also, okay, there's there's two more points to take from this. Number one... She's inferring that there have not been any love stories in which the first Mm -hmm. love interest leaves, hurting the main character, and then the main character finds happiness with somebody else. That happens often. Happens all the time, number one. Number two, you have once again equated your story in some way to Shakespeare's (laughs) writing. And don't even try to. Don't, don't even fucking think you're
1: close. <laughs> there it's I would never ever compare my writing to literally anyone else. Like I would never be like, oh, my writing is similar to Jane Austen or 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 Mary Shelley or or some other author that I have a lot of respect for. But the fact that she's comparing her story to Romeo and Juliet- and Within it... the story! So what's so funny is, like, we've talked about Warm Bodies, my favorite book, fantastic book. That book is an actual, like, Romeo and Juliet story. The main character's name is R., and the love interest's name is Julie. And there's literally a scene where Julie is like on a balcony, just like talking to herself. And it's so cheesy, but it works. That story- Well, you yeah, you have to
0: <laughs> lampshade it if you're going to do that.
1: Exactly. It is a very, very well-written Romeo and Juliet type story, he builds on it later but like that is really good at no point does it physically compare itself to Romeo and Juliet at all in the writing in fact if you get through the whole book without the balcony scene at all which now that I'm thinking about it might only be in the movie but still it was fucking classic when it was in the movie um you might not even realize it's a Romeo and Juliet story because purely it's just that his name is R and her name is Julie and they're star-crossed. And that's the whole thing. And that is how you know that a Romeo and Juliet type story is good because it is it stands on its own. This, Romeo and Juliet's
0: like an archetype. Yes, Instead basically. Of, like you don't
1: follow star-crossed lovers basically. Yeah.
0: You don't use Romeo and Juliet specifically (laughs) by reference within the writing to say, look at my writing. It
1: doesn't work. It doesn't make any sense. And then you're just pissing me off because you're making all of these false equivalencies in your own story because Jacob is not Paris. That's even Bella even points it out because Jacob is her best friend who would do
0: anything for her. And she's like, Paris doesn't even have a personality. Like, he's just some guy that's, like, in the background.
1: And then I, I even wrote, the contemplation on Paris is pointless anyway. It might have been, it might not have been if Smyer had written Bella to realize that she could be with Jacob if she gave herself time and actually tried to heal, but she didn't, so who cares?
0: And she keeps talking about, she, uh, when she first starts talking about it, she talks about settling for Jacob, and mm-hmm. then she goes back, she's like, I'm not... I don't, I'm not saying that I'm settling for Jacob. He would be settling for me because I'm broken. But the way she's saying it still is very much a, I'm settling because he's never going to be what I wanted. Yeah. And I'm like, that's just so fucked up. Like you can think, I don't love this person as much as I loved the person I used to be with, but I want to try and start a relationship with them. If you're going in expecting that it's going to build to something. Yes. But if you, from the start, are like, I'm never going to care about them the way I cared about that other person and they're never going to be as good. That's a really fucked up way to think about going into a relationship.
1: And she even at one point says, could I give Jacob a bit of the love that Edward no longer wants? Implying that, yes, in fact, she is going to love him. In some way, she's going to give him some love, which kind of gives the idea that maybe. a piece of this pussy. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Which gives you the idea that in some way she has been holding herself back from giving him. And I do think that if she just kind of let go of Edward and did give herself over to being with Jacob because she knows that he makes her happy and she knows she can't live without him, then she would realize that she could love him in exactly the same way she loved Edward, if not better, because she actually has things in common with Jacob. I don't
0: even see how she's held on to it is the main problem, because, like, emotions... And growth happen in people, whether yeah. or not you want them to. Like, you're going to feel things that you don't want to feel. So how is it that she managed to stop herself? It's like the whole she stopped herself from being sad thing. I'm like, I don't, <sighs> this this isn't something that you can do as a person unless you are just occupying your time with other
1: stuff so much. Yes. But she doesn't. Yeah, She's like she, like she even has said, nothing else. She has nothing else that she does. She just works, goes to school, and comes home and eats. And we even we had an. We had a conversation that I don't think we recorded about this where I said that pain is like the only thing, the only emotion in your life that you literally cannot stop yourself from feeling. It's the like you can walk away from being angry. You can walk away from I mean, in theory, you could walk away from being happy, not that you would. But pain and sadness demands to be felt. So the fact that she just like stops herself from being sad or from feeling that pain she it's not that she stops herself from being sad it's that she literally shuts off the pain that then comes back later that is really baffling to me because I don't
0: there's a reason that normally when you use this kind of thing in a story the character's like doing drugs
1: yeah or something but she doesn't even want to take cold medicine
0: but'm just like if you don't have you have they have to physically, do something. Yes. They can't just say, no, not right now. Yeah.
1: It's so... I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Stephanie Meyer just kind of made it seem like she... Like, she even says that, like, she wasn't depressed. She was, clearly. But, like, she tries to say over and over again, like, I wasn't depressed. Like, I I was still awake and I was walking around and I was, you know, doing all the things that I needed to do. And Charlie later says that she was empty, but, like...
0: That's just a misunderstanding of depression at that point, too. Yeah. Because she had no motivation for anything. She was only doing stuff to appear fine, which is... Depression. Yeah. Like, she was just keeping up an act.
1: So in the next scene, Billy gets home from the hospital with the news that Harry has passed away. Um, Jacob drives Bella home and Bella finally decides that she's going to try to be happy without Edward and give Jacob a bit of the love that Edward no longer wants. Um, And it's it makes me angry just knowing that this is happening because it's like she has this whole revelation where she's like, I could be with him and, you know, I could try to be happy with him and all this stuff. And it seems like she's going in a good direction. And then, of course, Carlisle's car has to be there.
0: Here's my problem with this. Yeah. I think this needed to happen for the first time at, like, chapter 10. Yeah. Where she starts going through this mental process. Yeah. And it starts to lead somewhere. And then the werewolf thing happens. Yes. And it throws it all out of sorts. And then, like, now they've been together again for a while. He's been protecting her and taking care of her. And they've been friends again. And so she, in this scene... This, this would be the second time yeah. that she's going in for it. And she's like, I'm actually going to do it this time. So that way, when Carlisle's car is there... She can have an issue. And it fucks it all up. She not only has an issue, but it actually adds some emotional punch to it. Because at this point, it's, oh, maybe I could be with him. Oh, there's Carlisle's car. Like, immediately. Yeah. And so, as soon as you get this ponderance on Jacob's love potential... It's taken away. It needed to be established earlier. Yeah. And then you can have the third time mm-hmm. in the kitchen later in this section, and that'll be <sighs> the end of it.
1: You know what's so sad? Carlyle's car is in Bella's driveway, and she frantically wants to see the Collins again. And I have never had more sympathy for jacob than i did in this moment when they're in the car later he tops it but in this moment in the car so the collins left abandoned bella without a word um alice left
0: angry vampires
1: yes alice wanted to come and say goodbye to bella but she didn't and i know we love alice but fuck that like she didn't come say goodbye to him, her because what Edward said no,
0: d- which also doesn't make any sense because she's already made she makes clear later that she doesn't care if Ed says no about exactly. Something. So at that point, it just seems like she didn't feel like writing Alice's goodbye scene.
1: Yes, which sucks. But at that at that point, it's not just that Stephanie Meyer didn't feel like writing it. Alice just didn't do it, and that is something bad that Alice did, and yeah. we have to accept it. So, are you okay? Can you accept that she did something wrong?
0: Oh, she did? Yeah. I just consider it a stupid act.
1: By the author? By
0: the author. Yeah. Much like a lot of the things in the first book were. Yeah.
1: So, they left without a word. um, And crushed Bella to the point where she was basically nothing for about five months. And then the second the car shows up no word about what's going on, if she's going to see Carlisle or if she's, who she's going to see, what it's going to mean, why they're there. And she's like, fuck all this werewolf business. I need to go and see them right now. And I will give Bella that she clearly doesn't understand that the werewolves and the vampires just are never going to get along. And so she's like, I don't understand why you guys can't just be friends. Like, there's no reason why. Um, other than the fact that the Collins basically... Almost killed Bella. (laughs) Um, and so she's like, "I'm done." Jacob is like, "I'm not staying. Like, you can go back, but I can't stay here." Like he's
0: in a position where he's like, "Oh great, look at the people that got Bella killed nearly. Yeah, twice. He spent all this time trying to help her. Yeah, and build a friendship with her." And I, I want to specify, not a relationship, because he's even said he's okay...
1: With just being her with friend. With just being
0: her friend. But he spent all this time taking care of her. And the second that the people that hurt her come back, he has to watch her just run off with them.
1: And that's not to say that she owes him anything.
0: No, but it's fucked up. It
1: is fucked up. And, and like, okay, so... I think it... They're Technically speaking... I should say, she doesn't owe him anything because no, no woman owes a man something just because he was no nice to her. No person
0: owes a person anything. Just
1: because they were nice to them. However, is a fucked
0: up thing to do to somebody that cares about you in general.
1: Ethically, morally, she owes him something because he saved her life both when he pulled her out of the water and just by being her friend and asking literally nothing in return.
0: He it's not that she necessarily owes him something, it's just that he deserves better.
1: He does. And there there is a point where you have to say like are you really going to shit on this man this badly? after everything that he did for you. And he didn't do it with an ulterior motive. He didn't, he just did it because he's kind and he cares and he loves her and that sucks. It really sucks, even though it's Alice and I knew it was Alice going in because obviously I've read the book before. And so even though it's Alice and we're like, oh, yay, Alice is here. It's still like, who gives a fuck about Alice and the Cullens anymore? Like you have these people who care so much about you and would give their lives to protect you on an ongoing basis. Not just that one time that the Hunter was coming after you, that they didn't leave you. They don't, they're not going to leave you. It's, and it's like, they even have this revelation where Bella is talking about Victoria and Alice is like, Victoria? It's like, are you all that fucking dense that it never crossed your mind that you murdered this woman's boyfriend, mate? (laughs) Mate. And did it net, like, I understand that in theory it would make more sense for her to go after the Cullens, but Bella is still at risk. Like, you. How is that? I don't know. I'm so done with the Cullens. I'm tired of the Cullens and the fact that Bella is just running back to them. Don't worry,
0: we only have two more books up.
1: Oh my God. So, my only note on that is poor Jacob. Poor Jacob. But hey, Alice is back. <sighs> we don't even know that until chapter 17. Yeah. like she literally it sucks because she ends these things on cliffhangers this is once again proof that this book series if they were going to adapt it should have been a television series there's so much content but the way she ends chapters on cliffhangers is very feel it feels very episodic right it's like i'm the the next i'm not gonna
0: lie (laughs) she's good at ending chapters
1: she is That's what she has going for her.
0: Like, she actually is good at ending chapters. She knows how to write an ending scene.
1: Yes. So, chapter 17.
0: Yeah, so, uh...
1: Alice is back! Oh, fuck.
0: (laughs) And she confronts Bella about her attempted suicide. I mean, sudden interest in extreme sports, sports? Yeah.
1: It's not that she was trying to kill herself. She just jumped off the cliff and didn't care if she lived.
0: Yeah,
1: a difference. There there is a difference. Yeah, there
0: it, it is. But like
1: she was trying to get out of the water. She just
0: couldn't. Uh, and uh, this leads into her finding out that Jacob is a big woofer. And cuz she's like, "How did you get out of the water?" Yeah. I saw you dying. Which then leads in later to them figuring out that uh, Alice's psychic abilities don't work work on woofers.
1: Which brings us to a point from the first book. Do you remember how we were like, how does Alice not see Bella making these choices? And we were like, well, maybe Alice can't see Bella in her visions and she can only see Bella through other people's eyes. Because we were talking about her seeing what Bella jump off the cliff... But she can't see the werewolves at all, which means she can see Bella, which brings us back to how Alice didn't know that Bella was going to run off and almost get herself killed by James. Yeah. (laughs) Because we do know that she can look. She can... We also had this thought in the first book because we were like, we didn't know if she could actively look into the future or if she just kind of got visions.
0: Chapter 19. Okay. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. She gives, like, the full fucking rundown of how it works in chapter 19.
1: She does. I still don't understand how she didn't actively look at Bella's future. We'll get there. Okay. We'll get there.
0: So... She's like, "Bella, what the fuck happened?" So then Bella has to give her the rundown of everything, leaving out her deranged hallucinations. Uh, of course.
1: I don't think she ever tells anyone about them.
0: No, <laughs> at least not at this point. She's yeah. told nobody. Um And then she finds out that's how she finds out about the rogue vampires. And she's just like, "Laurent, Victoria, <laughs> they exist." yes who are are these people and then she's like i need to go talk to carlisle so i can wrap up some loose ends and bella's like please spend the night please stay with me mommy
1: which i understand i mean alice was the one she was closest to aside from edward yeah i can't blame her if not the one she was like actually personality wise closest to because again i don't understand what she and edward have in common (laughs)
0: The only thing I disliked about this scene. Okay, well, there's a lot of things I disliked, but like, one of the things that bugged me was the fact that Alice got there, and so she's just kind of grumpy through the entire thing because she hasn't eaten. Yeah. So she's just like, uh, uh, I'm not angry. Yeah. I'll eat you, Bella.
1: And Bella keeps like throwing herself at Alice, which. Uh,
0: uh, Alright, what did Alice say? I forgot how, uh.
1: Something Uh, exuberant? Exuberant
0: you were, yeah.
1: Which, Bella, exuberant, I would never, ever call her exuberant.
0: Alice is exuberant. Yeah. Weird. Um, But she also makes a point, like, several several, several (laughs) times in this chapter. I love this note. And then throughout, where she's, like, she, like, runs into Alice and hugs her. She's like, it's like hugging concrete. And normally, in a book... Where you just had a scene in which you were
1: hugging... Someone very soft soft and warm.
0: Soft and warm who made you feel comfortable. You would then do this and think, oh, maybe Jacob is a better option. Like weird but then she doesn't that never it's never the conclusion that she draws it's like every
1: time she's hanging out with Edward or Alice they have to put like a blanket between them because she's they're freezing and hard and I'm like
0: the fact that she mentions how hard they are so often bothers me just because I'm like I have to try a little bit to to like understand Bella's where Bella's coming from and I'm like that doesn't sound nice I don't it's also confusing
1: because like why are they so hard (laughs) but like she can still kiss and Edward and stuff right and it's like so white but yeah they're
0: supposed to be like statues but they but like is it
1: just that like right underneath the skin they're really hard or is it the whole because like there's I feel like the hard thing was a
0: bad was a bad move.
1: Yeah, I get the cold. That's fine. That makes sense. If they don't have any blood in their veins, that's actually a pretty common trope with vampires is that they're very cold. But then, like, so later, when Edward drops Bella into Alice's arms and she's like, I'm gonna have bruises, I'm like... What about this is luring? I don't understand. I'm fine with vampires who are super strong and durable and stuff. Yeah. But, like, physically hard, like a statue? Like, there's a, like, you
0: can be, they can be really hard to tear like, because they talked about, I think part of it was that she wants them to have to be torn apart. And it yeah. has to be hard, but, like... You can just have really strong bones and muscles that don't rip.
1: We did watch Alice rip James's head off in Twilight. Like
0: they don't have to basically be made of marble for that (laughs) to be the case. Yes. And so Alice also makes a point (laughs) in the section where she's like, when she finds out Jacob's a werewolf, where she's like. You're with a werewolf? They can lose their temper and, like, kill you. Jasper
1: she's, literally tried to maul her at the beginning she's like, of the
0: fucking book. He's a young werewolf, too. And I'm like, you're you're a husband. <laughs> Almost. Killed. What are you talking about?
1: It's comical. Comical. The way... Alice isn't this dumb. Why is sucks. Alice being this dumb? She goes from not knowing that werewolves... Like she appears she We know that she knows that werewolves exist But she's like it's all, The way she reacts to it when Bella is talking about it Is almost like she doesn't know That werewolves exist So in theory she's going from I don't know werewolves exist To I fucking hate werewolves In the span of like a day It, it literally doesn't make any sense But in the next scene Yep
0: yeah, Bella wakes up Oh,
1: I hate this. I hated this.
0: She hears Alice and Charlie talking about her in the kitchen. She eavesdrops. First of all, okay, she mentions near the end of this where she's like, Alice didn't give any indication that she knew I was listening in. Yeah. But Alice is good at hiding things. And I'm like, okay, we know that she can hear her heartbeat and shit, and your heart rate changes and your breathing changes when you're awake versus when you're asleep. So Alice definitely should have picked up on it.
1: She couldn't hear the conversation Bella was having with James on the phone in the previous book from one room away. I'm just I think they have to tap into that sense of hearing. That is the conclusion I'm drawing to. Like they 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 hear normal most of the time, but then if they want to, they can hear your heart beating just and so your blood pumping and your penis hardening. Ooh. <laughs> I haven't made a dick joke yet your this loins, podcast.
0: Your loins warming. Yes. Um, yeah, so Charlie ends up telling Alice all about what happened to Bella after the Cullens abandoned Which her. Which is
1: super predictable.
0: And makes it clear that Bella did a really fucking shit job of being a human being and pretending she was fine. Yeah. Um... And Charlie ends up asking if Ed's going to come back, too, because he's like, I don't want Ed to come back, obviously. And then he ends up pissing Alice off by inferring that Ed doesn't have as hard of a time. And I'm just like, you don't really get to take the high ground. No, Alice, she doesn't. get pissed off when Ed literally abandoned
1: her. Along abandoned with the her brutally in a way that made Bella feel unlovable. Like, he literally told her that, like, he basically played it off like, well, I'm done here. Yeah. And it's Edward's fault that all of this happened. So, I mean, I, to this, like, we've talked about how we don't understand why they didn't just let Bella become a vampire in the first book. But after the incident with Jasper, why did the rest of the family agree to nope out of forks instead of just saying how about this turn her into a vampire
0: there's four but five of us wait six six of us and one of you you turn her or we turn her pick
1: yeah Alice has she even talks about we'll get to we'll that get to later it. we'll get to that get later to it. god okay go ahead
0: um But Alice ends up telling Bella all about the Cullen's lies since leaving, except for Ed. There is no talk of Ed in this house. Mm -hmm. Um, As well as in her investigation into her own past, which is where she finds out that she was... She finds the uh, asylum that Mm -hmm. she was put in, finds out about her family, and finds out that she still has, like, a living niece somewhere. Um, And then the next day... Jacob shows up at the door while Alice is talking to Bella and Bella's cleaning a bathroom, and then she just scoots off and she's like, "I'm leaving. You talk to that fucking wolf boy." Um, so, number one, yes. During Alice's investigation, she found out that she was institutionalized and declared dead on the day she was institutionalized which means that her inferring that her family was like we're just gonna pretend that she died and no longer acknowledge her existence which is super fucked
1: up that or because we know that the doc the guy that was with her was a doctor right who not guy who was with her the guy who was obsessed with her and kept her in the asylum how do we know he didn't tell her family that she was dead
0: it would have been on the first day, though. I don't know if he would have done that literally the day it happened. I don't know, but it might have.
1: It might have. I don't know. But anyway, it is super fucked up, and that did happen. Yeah, that did and actually happen to people.
0: Charlie also talked in their conversation, in his conversation with Alice, about the fact that they were going to. Ha- he would- was at the point of having Bella institutionalized. Yes, and then. Was gonna have her go off with Renee to try and recover. And it's like, bruh, how bad is it that you have to turn to Renee for help? Renee.
1: Renee. Renee. <laughs> no, I get it. I and... mean, my parents have been in the same situation. I have also been institutionalized. So, I get it. Yeah. That is something that Renee. can bring anyone together. Renee. Renee. Um, I would never ask Renee for help with anything.
0: No. But the thing is, in a in a better book, there would have been an emotional connection
1: to that moment
0: because Alice abandoned an asylum by her family.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Bella considered for institutionalization. Yeah, in the same chapter, discussed these two characters in the same room. Holy shit. Yeah. How do you not draw any lines between that, nope. S- Smire? What are you doing? That's such an obvious place to put... Like, Alice doesn't even react to the fact that she was abandoned there.
1: I feel like Smire is trying to play off... The mental health aspects of this Because she doesn't want to have to address it Because I feel like you're supposed to think That Charlie is in the wrong For wanting to have her institutionalized And then he talks about She how- was catatonic Yeah and then he talks about how When they went up to her room To start packing her stuff And Renee was there in Forks And she with the fu- yellow
0: curtains yes
1: <laughs> she threw a fucking tantrum screamed and cried and said that she couldn't that nobody could force her to leave forks and all that stuff she should have been if if I do not want to say that I condone forcing anything on anyone however as someone who has been institutionalized somewhat against my will that's what I needed because I would be dead if it didn't happen. Now, Bella was catatonic for over a week, and then she threw a tantrum and screamed and cried after speaking to no one about anything. She should have been institutionalized. I fully believe I like that she should have been. feel like a tantrum is a little light. Yes. She... Lost her fucking mind. Was throwing her clothes everywhere. Was making a huge mess of the room. Absolute insanity. She should have been institutionalized. She needed help. She still does. She later had vivid hallucinations of Edward speaking to her anytime she did anything slightly dangerous.
0: How is she not getting mental health help? This book is all of, like... The this end of a- this book could be her going and getting health or help for her mental health. Yeah. And the whole moral of the story could have been she needed help all along.
1: Yeah. See, like I said, in the in the chapter in chapter 15 when she like went under the water and she like heard Edward, in that moment we talked about this last episode, it should have been Jacob's voice. And then when he pulls her out of the water, she's like I need help and then she seeks therapy and then she finds a way to be happy with Jacob and then the book is over. I just can't
0: imagine writing this and then thinking that the way it's written is the right way to do it. It's Especially like nobody, when you plan
1: to have Edward come back.
0: Nobody told Smyre that she needed to kill her darlings. Yes. Just like, homie, just rework it. Just rework it. It's Take out the bullshit.
1: We'll get into this when, it, when Eclipse comes around, but can you imagine being Charlie... And after everything that happened, after everything you went through with your daughter and finally seeing her come back to life again, she runs away to go help Edward and he's in some kind of trouble and then the whole Cullen family moves back to town and now she's with Edward again. We
0: talked about this during one of the episodes for the first book. We talked, yes. we referenced it happening. Yeah. Jesus Christ, Bella.
1: Ever since Edward came into her life, it has been nothing but chaos and horridness. And like...
0: Relationships can be hard. Yes. And there's something to be said for really being in one for the first time and it making life a bit more tumultuous than it was before. But uh, this is too tumultuous. This is too much.
1: <laughs> it's entirely too much. Um, but we can only say so many times how unhealthy it is.
0: Unhealthy.
1: Unhealthy. Absolutely I... unhealthy.
0: Don't date Edward. Just fucking eat ice cream for every meal every day and you'll have better health.
1: Yeah. Chapter 18 begins um, with, uh, Jacob has shown up at at Bella's house and Alice ducks out while Bella and Jacob have a really uncomfortable conversation about the Cullens and the world's not being allowed in forks while the Cullens are in town. Um, This very much mirrors the conversation they had in the woods uh, when she first went to confront him after he joined Lee's gang and um once again jacob apologizes because he knows that he is acting meanly towards bella and he promises to stay with her while she s- sorts her vampire shit out she's basically like i can't just let go of them and he's like okay that's fine i'll still be with you once again proving that Jacob is just so much better than Edward. Then Carlisle calls and Jacob epically blunders telling Carlisle where Charlie is. So I I my first note on this part was that it feels like Jacob instinctively hates vampires like there's something about being a werewolf that makes him fucking hate werewolves. He doesn't even like act like
0: Jacob anymore.
1: Yeah when he still acts like himself but anytime a vampire comes up it's that's when it comes out.
0: Despite all my rage.
1: (laughs) It's like it's like he literally physically can't stop himself from being disgusted by them now I, I made a note about the line he's at the funeral And I said, I just remembered this fucking stupid plot line and I'm going to scream at how stupid it is, I swear to God. I hate it. I hate it. First of all... I hate it.
0: Jacob is a very nice person who is in the middle of apologizing for being an ass and then decides to answer Bella's phone and act like an ass. And I'm like... He would never do that. That's not what he would know. What? What are you doing? It's
1: just because that line needed to happen. The rest of the book couldn't happen if he didn't say he's at the funeral.
0: And once again, it's in the territory of just find a different fucking way to do it. My God, Smyre, stop making your characters do shit that they wouldn't do just to justify the progression of the story. Number one. Number two, if he knew it was Carlisle, who isn't in Forks and doesn't know anything about Harry, why would you just say he's at the funeral and not specify like, oh, he's at a funeral for somebody from the res, like that's not even something you would say normally. If I just picked up a random phone and somebody was on the other end asking for someone, I wouldn't just say he's at the funeral. (laughs) The
1: fuck? it also gets me because jacob hangs up and he says dr carlisle cullen and it's like it that was it makes it so evident that it wasn't carlisle on the phone because doctor because carlisle would call and he'd be like hello this is carlisle he wouldn't say like hello this is dr carlisle cullen
0: hello this is carlisle i'm looking for charlie we haven't brushed our mustaches together.
1: (laughs) Carlisle does not have a mustache but if he did
0: no he puts on a fake mustache
1: Ah, just to brush mustaches with yes (laughs) with Charlie that's gonna be the first merch thing we ever sell is just a fake mustache oh my god (laughs) I actually have a notes thing with all of my merch ideas and I'm so excited (sighs) We have to get more of an audience before we can have merch, but I think it would be really fun to sell. Drive With Your Feet. Drive With Your Feet is definitely one of them. Another one is just Cactus in, like, immaculate cursive writing. And then um, Hot and Dry, but, like, on a postcard. Yes. (laughs) And Jessica with a period. Jessica. 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 Oh, beautiful. Um... And then, so as Jacob leaves, Alice reappears with bad news about Edward, and Bella collapses again because her knees are made of sun butter. Um, Alice explains that Edward called pretending to be Carlisle and that he now thinks that Bella is dead. She says he is going to try to kill himself via the Volturi, and they have to act quickly in order to make it to Italy to save him in time. Jacob promises to protect Charlie, but begs Bella not to go. This mirrors the scene in book one when Charlie was trying to get Bella not to leave um, to go to Phoenix. At least it's
0: better than that scene. Yeah. Because as fucked up as it is to Jacob... It's, it, it, it's just immensely more fucked up to do that to your dad oh, and use yeah. the line that she did on him. So oh, yeah. At
1: least Jacob knows what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Charlie was being left completely in the dark. So I said this scene is heartbreaking. Edward is such a fucking ass that he's killing himself the way Bella begged him not to. And now Jacob is having to bear the brunt of his betrayal. Again. This is horrible absolutely horrible. Be- Be- Jacob is literally once again for the second time begging Bella to just let it all go, to just stay with him and please because he can keep her safe if she just stays. And it's so sad. It makes me so sad. I was just I was so mad when I was reading it. I was at like a 10 just when I was reading Edward this. Die. Just let Edward die. He he's not going like I hate to say this because I know Bella thinks that she loved Edward, but he's making his own choices. He is doing this all of his own volition after she pleaded with him in the beginning of the book to not just kill himself after she died.
0: He is literally halfway across the world.
1: Yes, he's in Italy.
0: Trying to kill himself by vampire. Yeah. Homie.
1: He, he's literally putting in a formal request for them to kill him. But his telepathy is too good. We'll get into that.
0: So I came up with an alternate title for this chapter.
1: Yes, I see that.
0: It's uh, BuzzFeed's top 10 reasons why Bella shouldn't even give Ed a second glance. See,
1: I would, I would like, see, every time we get to a point where I'm like, if this was the ending, I would be fine with it. If this ended with her saying, you know what? Screw it. I'm staying here with Jacob and I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna live my life and I'm not gonna let these, this vampire bullshit fuck up my life. I would be okay with it. Then we get to the point where she saves Edward and I'm like, okay, if she realizes that this is too dangerous and he's not gonna be able to keep her safe, now I'm done, I would still be okay with it. But it never happens.
0: Never have I seen a story that so consistently could have just ended and just kept going and driving itself into the fucking ground further and further. Like season eight of Game of
1: Thrones. Oh my God. The the series finale of Game of Thrones was like 83 minutes of Someone stabbing me in the face. Like it was so. (laughs) And that's me every moment that I'm reading Twilight. I'm like, oh my god. Twilight
0: is just one long season finale, series finale of Game Game of 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 Thrones.
1: Thrones. I rewatched Lindsay Ellis' videos on the ending of Game of Thrones because every now and then I need the validation that someone else has pieced together all of the fucking awful things about the ending. And she still didn't even get everything because there's so much wrong with it. And I was going insane just all... She go, she does like a 45-minute tangent on Daenerys alone. We've gone for hours on these books. Daenerys. Uh, Daenerys. Daenerys deserved what? so much better.
0: <laughs> I wish I had known what was coming with Game of Thrones. So I could have just now... Because... I literally, Darling in the Franks. Did you ever uh, watch Darling in the Franks?
1: Oh so my god. So apparently, Wait, last, you never finished it, right?
0: The last eight episodes of the show were fucking terrible. <laughs> yes, they are. So I stopped at episode 16, <laughs> and I just didn't watch anymore. I remember anymore. that, because
1: we've talked about that before, because I was like, oh man, Darling in the Franks, and you were like, stop, I've only seen the first 16 episodes, and I think I literally told you, stop.
0: <laughs> I, so I watched the first 16 episodes as they aired? Yes. And then it happens a lot of the times with anime where I'll just drop the show until the season ends. Yes. Because I get tired of having to go through the week-by-week wait. And so I dropped it at episode 16, and then the series finished, and everyone was like... I wish I had never seen past episodes, and I was like, oh, perfect. I'm just never gonna <laughs> fucking finish the show then.
1: And I didn't. Yes. It's like, I wish I could just watch the first six seasons of Game of Thrones, imagine the ending that I wanted, and then I could just stop. It's like, season eight was so bad that it went back and retroactively made season seven fucking horrendous. Season seven was never very good, but it was okay because we still had season eight. But then season eight literally like retconned the quality of stuff. To be seven. fair,
0: it still makes it a good parallel to this series because how many <laughs> times have we gone back with knowledge from breaking dawn and been like wow that makes this so much fucking worse. yes
1: what's so funny is i was literally thinking about this earlier when we were talking about jacob and i was like eclipse happened so she could destroy jacob so that everybody would want her to be with edward but then everybody was so fucking mad about what she did to jacob that then breaking dawn happened and so she had to do something to make it so all of the jacob fans weren't upset so she made him a pedophile (sighs) (laughs) i think uh was it the 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 tiktok i tweeted the other day with the girl trying to explain jacob's behavior no i tweeted the one i tweeted was edward thinking about some girl being a fucking whore because she's like oh he's kind of cute and she's like harlots everywhere in his diary (laughs) There was another TikTok that was this girl trying... It was 12-year-old me trying to justify Jacob and uh, Renesmee's relationship in Breaking Dawn. You can't. You cannot. You
0: can't. We'll
1: get there. We'll get to how fucking horrible it is.
0: But for now, we have chapter 19 to worry about. Chapter 19. So this chapter is weird.
1: Yeah, it's basically just exposition. It's just
0: exposition. Cuz they're on a plane. But it's not like shitty like book 1 chapters where it just dra- cuz it only lasts like 10 to 12 pages.
1: Yeah, I actually like the exp- she actually does a decent job of world building here. Yeah, I was it's just like It's just it's in the middle of so much other shit.
0: Yeah, it was just it's fucking weird. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's mostly just information. So we find out that the Volturi run the city of Volterra um, and they're throwing a festival that celebrates the day that the vampires were driven out of the city by a saint. The saint whom happens to be one of the Volturi Uh and then they also, we find out that they there's five, there was originally three, now there's five, because they added two women, because feminism. Uh, <laughs> and then they have an they're, elite-
1: They're, like, married to them. It's not like oh. the women are independent. <laughs> and then
0: they have, like, an elite vampire guard. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Where they all have, like, superpowers that are, as Alice puts it, make hers look like parlor tricks. Um,
1: One of them is horrifying.
0: And so basically you just don't, fuck with them um, and so there's like Alice has some conversations with the family I'm not going to go over it, but basically it amounts to nobody else fucking go into the city I'm going to take Bella and just the two of us he needs to see Bella and only Bella because apparently the way it works is Ed can't read like he won't always read minds Yeah, he has to think about doing it Kind of, even though from the first book it seemed like he did it anyways. I like, feel
1: like most of the time he pretty he's pretty passive about it.
0: And it's probably like, just, like, if he's focused, like, he is going to be in this situation, he just doesn't. Yeah. Unless he thinks about it. I don't... Point being, you can trick his, his mind-reading powers by just thinking things like, she's alive, so it has to be Bella that he sees. Yes. Um... So, the Volturi deny Ed's request to be killed.
1: Yeah, because they want to use him for his
0: power. They want him to join them. Um, And so, then he goes through a bunch of different scenarios uh, and ultimately decides to walk out into the busiest part of the city during the festival, which is the Clock Tower Square.
1: Yeah, because Uh, uh, how could we ever forgive him if his other option, which was like, going hunting in the city. Gonna
0: get to it. (laughs) Uh, He's gonna go all sparkles on the citizens so that the Volturi have to kill him. And then they land and Alice swipes a fancy sports car. Actually, one of my favorite parts of this book is probably Alice just looking at Bella like, how do you feel about Grand Theft Auto?
1: It's one of those, that is the moment I remember when... Cause I think I've told you before that a friend of mine and I were being babysat, not really babysat, but like looked after while our parents were at work by a neighbor. Um, and she like told us the whole story of Twilight, like except for Breaking Dawn. Cause it wasn't out yet, but she like told us the whole story and she, this was the line she quoted from new moon. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. Like I was literally like, Oh my God, that's so funny and clever. And that's what drove me to like read like. You
0: know what? It is a good line. In a if, different
1: book? If it wasn't
0: surrounded <laughs> by absolute horseshit.
1: Yeah. But so Ed goes through
0: <laughs> a lot of plans. Alice just, this is where we actually find out a little bit more about Alice's capabilities. Uh, the closer she is to someone, the better she can get a read on their future. Yes. Uh, not. Sometimes they just happen. As happened with Bella, where she foresaw Bella uh, jumping off a cliff and killing herself. She wasn't trying to look, because apparently Ed made her promise not to, which doesn't make any fucking sense, but I digress. Um, I
1: think we even said at the beginning, after they left, that we... We're thinking that the way that she popped back up was that Ed had her checking That would make Bella. sense. Except now we know that not only did they abandon her, they basically wrote her off.
0: Yeah, Ed specifically was like, don't think about her existing.
1: Which sucks. It like it's even more so. We're like understanding now that the Cullens literally straight up left with no intention of ever seeing her again. They fucking abandoned her, completely forgetting about the other vampires that could be coming for her. I can't. It's, we had all these notions going in that we were like, well, nobody has, Alice checking up on her, and that's how he knows about when she, like, falls off the cliff. But he doesn't. She
0: just makes it worse. Like, it was bad. And I didn't even realize we were giving it the benefit of the doubt. We
1: were. We were totally just like, no, it can't be that bad. Like, there's no way that they would just leave her with nothing. No, no, it just
0: keeps getting worse. But, uh, yeah, so she can see better for people she knows well. And so for Ed, if she focuses, she can see it. And so she's talking about how he just keeps, like, it keeps changing rapidly. Because he keeps going through different plans. One of those plans being to just go on a killing spree through the city and then they talk about it and that doesn't that doesn't alert alarm bella and she's like oh he doesn't want to disappoint carlisle and alice is like yeah probably i'm like what this is supposed to be the main love interest of your protagonist in the book and his reasoning for not going on a fucking murdering spree of innocent bystanders is i don't want to upset my (laughs) stepdaddy.
1: Excuse me? (laughs) You're right. You're right. I'm not going to say you're not right, but I don't think at this point, if Edward's end goal is to just die, I don't think he cares. But that's fucked up. I know it is. It is fucked up. It's almost like he doesn't kill people solely because of Carlisle. It's like his choice- That is the
0: implication.
1: The choice is- that he's made till this point of not being a murderous vampire have all related to him not wanting to upset carlisle not because he doesn't want to be a monster this is when he's actually terrifying like what what would happen if carlisle was dead
0: character doesn't have a moral compass yes because like okay you want to die at all costs fine But I'm going to die, so I'm going to take out innocent people with me. Even, like, there are, like, terrorists typically have reasons to think that it's justified to harm There's, like, he doesn't even have any justification.
1: At this point, he may as well just tell the Volturi that he's going to go off. I think he did. Yeah.
0: Because we'll get to it in the next chapter.
1: Oh, yeah, because when the guys show up. Okay. So in chapter 20, Alice flirts her way into the city and directs Bella to where she needs to go. I, I'm going to tell you now, I stopped giving a fuck when I was writing this summary. It gets real short. Um, Bella wrestles through the crowd and finds Edward literally slamming into him Ed thinks he's already dead and quotes Romeo and Juliet he realizes he is alive and a couple of bros from the Volturi guard show up to bring Ed to see the big boys Ed drops Bella in a hole and Alice catches her, swoon Ed touches Bella's face a bunch weird (laughs) 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 they walk for a while then wind up in some place that apparently we have to wait to find out about
0: I wanted to swoon. I did. (laughs) Except for she talked about getting bruised by falling. I'm just like... Why do you... How do you ruin this for me?
1: I fucking hate everything about this. My only note on this was sigh with a lowercase s. Like, I didn't even bother... no punctuation. No punctuation. It's just sigh. That's the one I texted you about.
0: (laughs) Okay, so... As we were talking about, the guards, they come up and they were, they talked about how they were hoping not to deal with him, like, making a scene, implying that he gave some indication that he would make a scene
1: already. Yeah, I feel like he kind of threw a little tantrum when they were like, we're not going to kill you. And he was like, well, fine, see what I do. And then, like, I think at that point, they were just kind of like, he won't do it. Like, he's not going to do anything. Though, I have to say that standing in the sunlight and sparkling...
0: Probably isn't the best way to go about it.
1: It doesn't... Like, I feel like they're having a huge festival.
0: Yeah, that's the kind of thing It's like... So,
1: like, maybe he's just an eccentric who's just got glitter on him. Yeah,
0: like, if I saw that at a festival, I would feel like...
1: Okay. I might be like, ooh, look at that. I might take a picture or Costume, something. Costume,
0: makeup, Granted, something. this is
1: 2005, so it's not like anyone's whipping out their iPhone. I might just
0: think I accidentally walked into pride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: 2005 okay it is still italy though they're very flamboyant people so i feel like it doesn't like him stepping out into the sun doesn't really say i'm revealing that i I wouldn't look at someone who is really glittery and think vampire although i did look at you being really pale with sharp teeth and think vampire and i told all of my friends that you were a vampire
0: and that's how i got called a vampire
1: (laughs) throughout all of middle and high school because I had read Twilight.
0: I have sharp canines and I'm very pale.
1: I also have sharp canines. I'm not as pale. And at the time I was even less pale. I was quite tan.
0: Pretty sure that's like followed me into my first long-term relationship that started in middle school.
1: Love that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... But anyway, the reunion in theory was very heartfelt. Made me want to vomit. Yeah, it was awful though.
0: Oh, he So this is hell? No. <laughs> Don't fuck
1: yourself, you dumb, bedazzled
0: fucking psychopath. I
1: fucking hate him. Oh, so this is hell? I'm in hell. Reading this book, I am in hell.
0: They made it quick. No, they didn't. You're just an idiot who went off the deep end and decided to kill yourself. Yeah. Without, like, any explanation. Or waiting for a story or just ah oh god damn it i hate him i hate him
1: so much that's the end of chapter 20 um next time we're going to be reading chapters 21 through 24 and the epilogue and <laughs> i do not remember there being enough content for four chapters left in this book but she stretches it out somehow
0: uh, if smyre has a skill it's writing down such a name details that nobody gives a fuck about that line was going somewhere. <laughs> i had a sentence uh, but i was just so stumped by smire's inability to properly pace and write a scene that i forgot how to pace my sentence out <laughs>
1: it's okay i understand um do you have any final thoughts on these f- five chapters
0: I think the silence speaks
1: volumes. <laughs> <laughs> this is one silence we won't be cutting out. It's important for you to know how dumbfounded we are by this horrible thing that we have just forced ourselves to read. We, we only talked about these five chapters for an hour and 15 minutes. I feel like we're getting shorter and shorter.
0: Oh, good. That'll make it easier for me to pass. <laughs>
1: <laughs> God. <laughs> So... That's it. I have nothing else to say. I'm so tired. I'm so tired of this bullshit. (laughs) We're gonna keep going because people are getting enjoyment out of this. I can't
0: believe people are enjoying this. We have
1: people tweeting about it. It's making me so happy. Every time I see someone tweeting about it, I am just, like, ecstatic. Because, I mean... People are listening to what we're making. It's great.
0: I don't know why you're doing it. Does somebody have a gun to your head? Did Sarah find you people?
1: No, I didn't. I told you. It was over Zoom. I told them I would kill their families. I. It was innocent. Innocent? (laughs) We have to stop. (laughs) We have to stop. Goodbye. Good
0: day.